You're listening to the UndraftedFreeAgent.com College Basketball Podcast with your hosts, Chris McKee. All the latest news and interviews from college hoops, from the mid-majors to major conference teams, you can find it all on UndraftedFreeAgent.com. So welcome to the UndraftedFreeAgent.com College Basketball Podcast. My next guest is the head coach of the University of Texas, El Paso. He led the Miners to a 20-14 and 14 record in his first season in charge, including going 11-7 and seven in Conference USA. I'm joined by Joe Golding. Joe, thanks for joining me. You got it, Chris. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. So let's start off. Mentioned off the top, 20-14, and 14, your first season, 11-7 and seven in Conference. How would you grade your first season as the head coach at UTEP? Yeah, we were excited uh, about the season we had. Anytime you can get to 20 wins at this level, um, you know, you check the box on that as a good season. Uh, obviously, going above 500 in conference play, going in 11 and 7. Uh, had some good wins, beat Law Tech on the road for the first time in almost 20 years. Uh, won at Old Dominion. Um, had a chance to beat North Texas here, who was on a 14 or 15 game winning streak, which was incredible. Uh, North Texas has do- just dominated our league and had a chance to beat them and then had the ball uh, in the quarterfinals of the conference tournament in a tie game with, with 10 seconds left. And against a really, really, really good Middle Tennessee team, we didn't uh, execute. Uh, we didn't, the shot didn't drop for us and Middle Tennessee beat us in overtime. So uh, overall, you know, we took a team that had won 12 games previously the year before um, and, and won 20 games with them. So I was very fortunate and uh, that a lot of the guys on that team stayed when I got the job. Uh, we kind of re-recruited those guys and we were able to keep uh, most of that team together, except for Bryson, who obviously went to Texas Tech and had a tremendous season uh, there. Bryson had graduated uh, from UTEP last spring. And so, uh, you know, we applauded him for, for wanting to chase the opportunity uh, to go play somewhere else. And, um, you know, we, we was proud of the group. Um, you know, again, a good first year and, and, and they set the, the foundation and a good base for us. So a new season, you know, new era. You're undefeated right now this season. Just talk about the excitement level heading into this year. I don't look like it right now, do I? <laughs> you know, it's uh, it's a brand new team. You know, we got 10 new scholarship guys. Uh, we lost, we basically lost our whole entire team from last year. Um, you know, it's kind of the new era of the transfer portal and it, it kind of smacked us right in the face. And, um, you know, we, we got, again, we got 10 new guys. We got a bunch of division one transfers. Uh, where we went back in the portal and, and the portal helped us get some players here to UTEP. And then we went uh, the Juco route and then we have one high school kid. So uh, it's, it's a brand new team. Uh, there's a lot of good days right now. And then there's, there's some days where we're still trying to figure a ton of stuff out. Um, so that's just, uh, I kind of think the norm right now, um, again, for a team that has that many new players, but I'm excited to coach this group. Uh, we've had a good summer. We've had a good fall. Um, again, we're just trying to figure each other, each other out. We've had one scrimmage, and, and, and again, we'll have another scrimmage this weekend before uh, we open up with one of the best teams in college basketball in the University of Texas opening night. So we'll get to the Texas thing in a minute, but, uh, you know, Joe, I'm in Toronto. I'm a Toronto guy. I always love my Toronto guys. You brought in Shamar Gibbons this offseason from Evansville. Of the 2,000 guys in the transfer portal, what was it about Shamar that piqued your interest? Yeah, I just loved him. I loved him on tape um, when, when watching him. Obviously, he's the second team all league out of Missouri Valley, which is a, a really, really good basketball league. Um, he, he was, uh, again, a, a, a very efficient in what he did. He, he can create for others. He can also go get his own shot. And then I loved uh, – he, he didn't really guard on the ball for them um, the way we kind of guard on the ball, but I knew he could. I like smaller guards that can really get after it and be a pest – uh, defensively on the ball, and we knew he could do it. And then, um, you know, obviously that was the first step was watching him on tape and then getting the chance to get to know him and recruit him. Uh, I just fell in love with him, you know. Uh, I actually went up to Toronto 
uh, for the first time uh, during the recruitment process and went and met with his family up there in Toronto and Typical, uh, typical West Texas guy, man. I show up in Toronto with shorts and a t-shirt uh, because I think it's spring and I'm out here in El Paso. It's like 85 degrees and I get off the plane. It's, it's snowing and it's freezing. And, and uh, it's, of course, mom and dad were, were laughing at me, but I got a chance to see the, uh, Toronto. What a beautiful city. Uh, that you guys have there. I got a chance to go downtown, see where the Raptors play, ate dinner down there, got to uh, drive around and, and uh, was very impressed by the city, but just impressed with, again, back with Shamar's family, got a great mom and dad, uh, wonderful sister. And you can tell Shamar comes from good people. He's got, he's a man of high character and he's exactly who you would want leading your basketball team. And, uh, you know, we're, we're excited that Shamar trusted us with his last year uh, of college basketball. And as we transition again and losing our whole roster, I think he's going to be a big part of us keeping this thing competitive. Well, you stole my next question. I was going to ask if you've ever been up to Canada. Yeah, uh, it was my first time. And again, man, it's trying to all come back to me right now. We're talking, but it was freezing cold. Again, I'm in shorts and a T-shirt. Downtown, as you know, it's hard to park uh, down there. Uh, we had a hard time finding a parking spot. I had to walk a long ways. I think the Blue Jays were playing. Uh, it was kind of opening weekend or somewhere. Right? Major League Baseball had just started. Uh, so there was a lot of things going on down there. Uh, but beautiful. Uh, I, I was just in shock of all the sky, uh, everything going up and, and how uh, I guess everybody's living down there, you know, but, but uh, and then skyscrapers everywhere were still building construction. And I just love the diversity of Toronto too. I was just uh, so impressed with the diversity of, of, of the city and uh, again, how beautiful it was there. I'll go back, but I'll go back in the summer when the weather's a little better. <laughs> but so, yeah, I'm, I'm Toronto born and raised, and you, you mentioned all those condos. It's like we have the second largest landmass in the world, but we keep jamming every new condo. It's all like down there. Yeah, like it's like you drive around. Yeah, there's nothing. Then all of a sudden you get down there. I don't know what the highway was as we're driving in, but it was just just, you know, building after building after building with condos. And he said it was all packed, you know, like it was, it was hard to get real estate down there. So again, I'll go back, I'll visit. Uh, I think you guys have a celebration. That's a big deal. Um, I think I just missed it. Maybe, maybe is it in August or? Uh, well, can't, well, there's the Carabana is the Carabana. I think that might've been it. Yeah. yeah. So what it is, is I mean, it's a, you know, celebration of Caribbean culture, which we have a lot of in Toronto, but it's also literally almost every guy in the NBA comes to Toronto that weekend. Like LeBron always throws parties. It's like LeBron and uh, Drake and like every single Shaq does a party every year. It's like the biggest thing, you know, there is. It's, How about that? I'm sure I won't get an invite to one of their parties, man, but I'll yeah. still go back there for one day. <laughs> they don't invite me either. But yeah. So, well, speaking of that, you mentioned you brought in a bunch of transfers. How many total was it? Yeah. You know, so we got, uh, I'm trying to think of our roster here, you know, um, Tay Hardy played at Southern Miss. Shamar played at Evansville. Otis Frazier played at George Mason. Um, Calvin Solomon came to us from SFA. Um, then we had Derek Hamilton was a junior college player. Carlos Lemus was a junior college player. Uh, Mario McKinney came to us from New Mexico State. There's a guy from South Plains I saw. Jonathan, Jonathan was from Florida Southwestern, a four-man. And then Malik Zachary, uh, who's from up there from uh, Syracuse, New York. Uh, but he came to us from South Plains uh, Junior College. So, again, a lot of transfers. Have you found it any different, wouldn't say easier or whatever, but is it different recruiting guys to come play in Conference USA than the Southland? Yeah, you know, I think the recruitment is just completely different for me. And I'm adjusting. I'm learning. You know, in the Southland Conference, again, it's kind of like everything smacked us in the face at the same time here. When I got the UTEP job, you had the transfer portal was just coming into play. Um, you know, right when I got the job here and then this year it's been NIL, you know, like, or this spring, you know, was a big NIL push. And so you have those two factors in place. So recruitment's definitely changed. 
uh, you know, how we kind of built the model at Adeline Christian, we recruited high school kids. We didn't recruit any transfers. It was high school kids that we developed uh, over time. And those guys have been in our programs for, you know, we had some guys that have been there five years, uh, especially with the COVID situation. We had, you know, we had guys definitely had been there four years. And so we kind of just built it that way. We had older guys and we had freshmen that would learn underneath them. And that model's uh, obviously changing. Uh, now it's tough to do that. Um, you know, recruit a whole roster full of high school kids and develop them. Um, I don't think that's, doable um, to today, um, you know, so you're having to adjust, you're having to change things. You know, we, we have um, uh, two, uh, I, I do want to sign more high school kids. I think this November in the signing period, um, you know, we're going to be able to have the opportunity to do that and sign some high school kids. So we'd like to mix some high school kids in there. But uh, I think at this level, Conference USA is such a difficult uh, conference. I mean, there's, there's pros in our league. There's uh, uh, really, really, really good players. There's great coaching. Uh, really good home environments and you just got to stay old here uh, to compete you know and to do that you got to get in the transfer portal. So you mentioned earlier you opened the season November 7th against Texas who are of course coached by one of your best friends Chris Beard. Any side action any side bets going on at dinner anything like that between the two of you for that game? Uh, buddy, I'm playing with house money on this one, man. I'm already I already beat Texas, man. So <laughs> I'm playing with house money, um, and, and uh, you know it, it's it's a great uh, it's a great opportunity for our program. You know we're gonna play. Uh, they, they they're opening up a beautiful facility. It's actually been open for concerts. Uh, I think starting late late last spring and this summer they've had a lot of big concerts there. Um, but obviously uh, it's a beautiful beautiful basketball arena. It's like an NBA arena, and we're gonna play the first official. Um, game there and so what a great opportunity for UTEP to always be remembered as playing in that game um, and, and then obviously getting the opportunity to compete against one of the best teams in the country I think coach Beard's one of uh, the best coaches in the country I'm fortunate to have him as a friend and a guy that I can call uh, and, and lean on um, but at the same time our team is going to get challenged uh, you know with 10 new guys the first time out going and playing it uh, you know one of the best teams in the country on their home floor in a sold out environment uh, it's going to be uh, we're going to we're going to have to handle a lot of adversity that night. But I think when we get back on the plane and come to El Paso, there's no question we're going to be a better basketball team, regardless of the score. You know, um, we're, we're going to get challenged. We're going to get exposed and uh, to some different elements and some different things. And that's what you want to do in, in non-conference play is uh, you want to challenge your team and, and expose your team and some things. So by the time you get to conference play, you're better. So, Joe, you and I are the same age. I'm sure you remember Tim Hardaway, the UTEP two-step. He was just inducted into the Naismith Hall of Fame last month. What's it like been connecting with, you know, some of the UTEP alumni and specifically, you know, the great Tim Hardaway? Yeah, we're extremely excited about Tim. You know, I think he was the fourth uh, player uh, uh, to, to get elected into the Hall of Fame uh, that's played here at UTEP. UTEP has such a tremendous history, but I don't know if there was a better player than Tim Hardaway. You know, um, he, he just did so many good things uh, for UTEP when he was here, uh, went to NCAA tournaments, won NCAA tournament games. Uh, then he went on to the NBA and just had such a such a tremendous career uh, in the NBA. And then he's still connected here to UTEP. I've had the opportunity to talk to him four or five times on the phone. He always answers the phone. He's there to answer questions or talk, and he's willing to help us. And uh, anytime you have a former pro, former NBA Hall of Famer uh, that's still involved in the program, that's a positive. Uh, we're actually going to play DePaul uh, this year uh, in December. Uh, Tim is living up in Chicago right now, and hopefully we have the opportunity to work out with a schedule where he's going to be able to talk to our team, hang out with our team, uh, speak with our team, and, and our guys are going to be able to ask him questions and, and get knowledge. Um, 
from him. And, at the, and then we're trying to do a Tim Hardaway night uh, sometime um, this spring, um, you know, in the season, January, February, I guess. Uh, we're trying to do a Tim Hardaway night where we're putting it together to celebrate him and his career. Uh, but El Paso, the city, uh, loves Tim Hardaway. They still talk about him everywhere you go. And uh, obviously we're proud of him and, and what he accomplished in our program. So, Joe, you played your college ball at Abilene Christian and led them as a head coach to their first ever NCAA tournament appearance. I mean, just how challenging it was, was it for you and your family to finally make that decision to leave? It was very tough. The, one of the toughest decisions, if not the toughest decision I've ever had to make uh, in, in my life, especially professionally, no question about it. Um, you know, Abilene had become home and I don't, I'd almost spent 20 years of my life uh, at Abilene Christian. When you consider the time as a student, uh, I wasn't the sharpest pencil uh, in, in the, in the basket. It took me a little longer than four years uh, to, to get out of Abilene Christian. So uh, I spent five years there as a student, uh, obviously I had the opportunity to go back there, be an assistant for three uh, years and then was a head coach for 10. So 18 years of my life, you know, Abilene Christian took me from a, uh, uh, you know, my, my early adolescent days to, 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 to being a grown, grown man, you know, Alvin Christian played a big role in that. And then just so many blood, sweat and tears that we put uh, in, in, into that program, long hours, you know, we were, the story has been played out, but we were the worst division one team in the country, you know, when we made the transition and uh, we weren't very good division two when we were making the transition. And so to have the opportunity to go to 10, two NCAA tournaments and, and change that program. And, uh, you know, they just built a $50 million arena uh, there on campus that they're going to open up opening night uh, here in a couple of weeks. And so uh, it was a tough decision um, because uh, again, our family Abilene had become home. We had lifelong friends there and we had built something that we we're really proud of. But I just thought it was time for change. I think if you want growth, sometimes you have to get out of your comfort zone. Um, and and I, wanted to, I wanted to challenge at this time in my life. Uh, UTEP's got a great program with a ton of tradition and history, but it hasn't been to the NCAA tournament in 12 years. Uh, it's been a long time. It, it, it kind of dropped off a little bit. And uh, it was the opportunity to come here and try to build this program back and see, see if we could get this thing to the NCAA tournament. It was a different challenge. Again, out of my comfort zone a little bit, different than the model that we had done at Abilene Christian. And I think um, each and every day that I'm here at UTIP, I'm learning, uh, I'm becoming a better coach. Uh, and, and that was the whole purpose of the move. So you mentioned, you know, staying in college a long time. You ever see the movie Van Wilder years ago where the guys in college for like eight years? Yeah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> the Van Wilder of Abilene Christian right there. There you go. It didn't quite take me eight, but hopefully I don't have to go back. What's the, uh, what's the other movie? Uh, old School, right? With Will yep. Ferrell, those guys where you go back. <laughs> hopefully I don't ever do that in my career. But uh, yeah, you know, I, I, I uh, uh, it, it took me a little bit to get out of there. Abilene Christian, uh, again, wonderful, wonderful place. Great, great friends, really proud. And we still have a great relationship. We left the right way. We did things the right way. Uh, I think those fans understood that it was just time for me to leave. And Brett Tanner was ready to be a head coach. Uh, you know, Brett Tanner did a ton uh, with me. He, he, he's responsible for a ton of our success uh, at Abilene Christian. And, and that played into it too. You know, I, I wanted him to have the opportunity to be a head coach. He deserved it. And he's off to a great start. He had a tremendous season last year. So what was it like to watch the NCAA tournament last year after being there in the past? I mean, it's got to be yeah, you get spoiled. You get spoiled, you know, you kind of think, you know, you, you think about it. Uh, the last uh, the three years we were there, we went to the NCAA tournament, um, obviously, and got beat by a really good Kentucky team. And then uh, the next year we finished second in the league behind SFA. Um, it would have probably been us and SFA playing for the championship game to go to the NCAA tournament. But COVID hit. Um, and so we weren't uh, eligible to play. Um, 
um, th that year. And then we come back the next year and we play, uh, you know, again and, and make it to the NCAA tournament. Um, so you kind of get spoiled with it, with it, you know, and you think it just happens. It's, it's really, really hard to do. I, I think people talk about it, but I don't think people understand how hard it is to go to the NCAA tournament uh, at this level, um, you know, in, in one bid leagues. It, it's just, it's, 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 it's almost like you have to have the perfect season, you know, and it's, it's, you gotta, you gotta almost run the table in non-conference play. Um, and, and then you have to obviously go through conference. Uh, and I don't care what league you're in. Every coach will tell you every conference is the toughest conference in the country. And it, that's true. You know, at that level, it's, it's tough. And uh, then, then you get to March and you got to win two or three games, um, you know, sometimes four games in whatever league it is. And you got to play your best basketball at March. And, and if you lose one game uh, in that tournament, you're done, no, no, regardless of, of what you've done the, the rest of the time. And so there's a tremendous amount of pressure on those kids. There's a tremendous amount of uh, it's just really, really difficult. It's hard to do. And I think I heard Coach Jans say something this summer about, you know, getting the job at Mississippi State. And uh, one of the biggest changes for him is, you know, he comes from a one bid league in the WAC where he had a ton of success. But obviously every March was was pressure filled because it didn't matter what they did. They had to win. Uh, you know, those three games uh, in the WAC tournament to make the NCAA tournament. Now that he's in the SEC, you know, it changes, you know, uh, more than half their league or half their conference is going to go the NCAA tournament, you know. And so, again, it's just it's different levels. It's challenging, but it's uh, also uh, it's very, very rewarding when you get those opportunities to make it. So I wanted to ask a couple non-basketball related questions. You mentioned a bunch of concerts happening at University of Texas coming up. The best concert you've ever attended. Whoa, that's a great question. Uh, I'm a Texas country guy. Uh, so um, I, I've, I've been to a lot of those. Um, I was supposed to see Elton John. So talk about one concert that I, I wish I could would have gone to, but that I haven't gone to. Uh, my wife bought me Elton John uh, concert tickets. I, uh, and COVID hit. Um, and, then, and then he rescheduled. He's going on his tour, I think, right now. But obviously, yeah. I can't go. We're busy. Uh, so that's just a waste of money to tell Elton he's to send me a thank you note, man. Huh? But uh, why waste a lot of money? I, I, I tell you one memory I have of one of my favorite concerts is uh, uh, Bob Seeger. I don't know if you know Bob Seeger, uh, but Coach Beard and I got the opportunity in Phoenix uh, to go see Bob Seeger uh, years ago. And uh, what was just a tremendous night and a great concert with a ton of energy. And I really enjoyed that night. So my dad was a bit. Uh, big Bob Seger guy. And I remember as a kid being five, six years old, listening to the vinyl against the wind on the headphones. Oh, absolutely. Against the wind, Hollywood nights. Uh, you keep going, man. So yeah, uh, I'm a big Bob Seger fan, but that was, uh, that's a memory. And it, it was a heck of a night. Most recent book you've read. Uh, I read Jay Wright's book uh, this summer. Um, and uh, I, I actually read it about six years ago um, when, when, uh, <clears throat> we, we were kind of struggling at Abbott and Christian and, and building our program there. And I reread it again, uh, this, this summer. Um, but, uh, I have a lot, I've never met Jay personally, but got a lot of respect for him and his, the, the program he built there, uh, at Villanova and, and what he was about and, uh, went back and reread his book. And, uh, I, I take a lot of nuggets from that book and, and using it this year with our team. Yeah, right. So here we go. <laughs> yeah. Attitude. Attitude. Yeah. Let's say I, I met Jay uh, in 2017, interviewed him a couple of times covering the tournament in Buffalo, just across the border. And one thing that really blew my mind about Jay is, you know, the amount of cameras he had, the, all the Philly news networks, like six different networks following him everywhere he goes. And then even after he lost, you didn't see a bead of sweat on him. He was just, he answered the questions the same way if he'd won by 20, 
than when he lost to Wisconsin in the second round. Just cool as a cucumber, just the ultimate CEO. I, I couldn't have been more impressed just with him. Yeah. Yeah, just very impressed with him. I mean, when you see him just on TV in the persona with the, the nice suits and everything, you know, you kind of might have this, but just a tremendous ball coach, a guy that built in a tremendous culture at Villanova. Uh, uh, just uh, they play the game the right way. They, they, they play with a lot of discipline. They execute. They play together. Um, you know, they move the basketball offensively. They get good shots. Uh, then defensively, obviously, they have a game plan and know what they're doing. And just it was just interesting uh, to see his career um, and, and, and study him and read about him. But it's a book that I dig into a bunch. And, and again, it, it was a big part of, of us and some things that we, we stole from him and that book and put, put in our Abilene Christian program. And again, just revisited that book this summer of things that we wanted to implement again here at UTEP. What do you do to get away from basketball? That's a great, another great question because I don't have any good habits. My wife and I were actually having this conversation about a month ago. She's like, you gotta, you gotta get some, not habits, hobbies. You know, you gotta get something else uh, outside of your life besides basketball. Uh, but the problem is when you're so busy with basketball, um, it just seems like today in today's world with summer basketball, it's almost 11 months out of the year now. Uh, but any time that I get off, uh, I just really try to spend with my family. You know, I, I want to spend with my wife or, or my two boys. Uh, I'm still trying to be a good dad at the same time. I, I try to go to, even if it's a junior high, sixth grade basketball game, if I can make it, um, I'm trying to make it. Um, and then my oldest son's playing football this year and basketball as well. So uh, that, that's a lot of my time, uh, free time is just spending time with them and, and doing things with them when I have the opportunity. I don't play golf. Uh, I think I've played golf twice since I've been here in El Paso in a year and a half. I'm just not, I'm too competitive and I'm not any good. And so it's not, everybody says it's four hours of relaxation and get out and get a little sun and hang out with the boys. But uh, I get too frustrated and pissed off and, and mad. So I, it doesn't really work for me. Uh, but I, I, I've got to find a hobby. You know, I like, I like the water. Uh, we, we were able to take a family trip this year uh, to Mexico and, and got to hang out on the beach for three or four days. So I enjoy getting away like that with a family. Awesome. So, Joe, I'm thankful for your time. Last question. So, I mean, UTEP hasn't won a conference championship or made it to the NCAA tournament since 2010. You did both of those things at your previous job. What are the steps you and your team have to take before you can replicate that at Texas El Paso? I just think you have to trust the process. We've got to continue to recruit uh, recruit good players, you know, players with character, players with integrity, players with intelligence, uh, guys that want to play with other players. Uh, sh- uh, you know, we're, we're really big on the team, um, you know, t- team before me and, um, you know, just continue to recruit high level players, continue to build our, our program, uh, trust the process. We, we don't ever set goals like 20 wins, 19 wins, 18 wins or go to the NCAA tournament. We really believe each day we wake up, we attack the day. Uh, we try to win the day. We try to get better um, as a basketball um, uh, team, as a basketball player and as a coach. Uh, and we feel if we do that each and every day, when you look up in March, you put yourself in a situation where you have the chance, you know, uh, to compete. And if we continue to do those things, we'll hopefully have the opportunity in March uh, to do it. But again, it's very difficult. We play in a very good league, good players, good coaches. And so, um, you know, you just got to you got to you got to trust what you're doing. You got to you got to you got to trust the, 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 the roadmap that that that, you know, that's been successful. Um, and uh, you got to continue to stay on that path. Awesome, Joe. Thanks so much for your time. Really appreciate you doing this. Thanks, Chris. Great to see you again, man. You're listening to the UndraftedFreeAgent.com College Basketball Podcast with your host, Chris McKee. All the latest news and interviews from college hoops, from the mid-majors to major conference teams, you can find it all on UndraftedFreeAgent.com.